Please open your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 7. I want to read Mark, chapter 7, starting in verse 24, all the way to chapter 8, verse 9. Verse 24 starts, From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her. But Jesus said to her, let The children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had Come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Again, departing from that region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed. And he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be open. Immediately his ears were opened And the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish and having blessed them, he said to them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and they were filled And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000. 
and he sent them away. Immediately got into the boat with his disciples, and he came to the region of Damanutha. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we pray for your enlightenment in this passage of Scripture and how it even rightly applies to us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, it's important to notice, first of all, the location of where Jesus is going. He's getting out, really, from the Jewishness of the land of Israel. He's going into the land of Gentiles, of nations. This is Tyre and Sidon in verse 24. This is way north, outside of the Jewish area, the Jewish arena. And he also goes on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And what I'm going to argue for you today is that what is happening in this extended passage of Scripture is a prototype of what the church will do later in the book of Acts and also the church will do throughout our time period. And that is bless the nations with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is development here. There is a, um, there's a process that I want to show you and share with you in this passage of Scripture. And it begins, I'll say this, with the embodiment of the Lord Jesus Christ. What Jesus is embodying, the future of what the church will do. Let me explain to you what I mean by embodying this. In the Old Testament, Moses embodied the Exodus, meaning this. When Moses was young, he was saved through the water, the not in the Nile River. Well, later in his life, the whole nation would be saved through the water. Also, the book of, in the book of Ezekiel, we've learned in Sunday school that Ezekiel embodies things that happens later in the future. For example, Ezekiel made a model of Jerusalem and he stared at it in the face. He took some hair and he burned his hair, symbolizing um, the wrath of God coming upon the city. And sure enough, several years later, God's wrath came upon the city. What I'm going to show you today is that when you follow the development of what Jesus is doing here, it's like he himself is giving you a sample or a picture of how the church is going to prosper throughout the nations. Let me share with you this development. Did you notice the, the healings that Jesus and the miracles that Jesus performs here? Number one, there is deliverance from Satan or deliverance from demons. This is the woman who comes to him first, asking Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus heals that daughter, that young girl, from demons. Secondly, there's a, there's, a there's a healing of hearing. And then the man, he can speak. Thirdly, and then there's a feeding of 4,000 people. Here's the, the development of the passage. Deliverance from Satan, hearing, this man hears and he speaks, and a multitude is fed. What I want to share with you is you can overlay some biblical passages and biblical themes to help make sense of this development. For example, Eve was the first one to eat of that fruit. She is attacked by Satan She's in the grip of Satan in the Garden of Eden. Adam, the man, 
Number two, he rejects the word of God. Okay? And he also joins in that sin. And then Adam speaks by blaming the woman and blaming God. And then you have this, after that, humanity is cursed with the fall of man and the sweat of the brow. Notice that development of sin with Eve, with the man. He's rejecting the hearing of God's word. He is speaking. He is blaming his wife. And then all of the multitude of humanity is cursed as a result of Adam's sin. There's a redemptive theme here, though, in this passage of Scripture that you can put a contrast with the fall of man. Here, Jesus is delivering a young girl from the grip of Satan. Then this man who cannot hear, Jesus gives him the ability to hear the word of God. And this man speaks the word of God and the the message of Christ is going out. And then the multitude of 4,000 people, they they are fed. So I would suggest to you that you can use the fall of man as a contrast to see the development of redemption in this passage of Scripture. Let me give you another overlay of a biblical theme of how this parallels this passage of Scripture. And that is the Exodus. Pharaoh was the Satan, the demon, the one that enslaved the nation of Israel. Well, he is put down. His grip is loosed over the nation of Israel. And what happens right after the Exodus? Moses goes to Mount Sinai and all of Israel hears the word of God. They hear the law of God. And then Moses goes up into Mount Sinai for 40 days and he comes down after 40 days and he speaks the law of God to the nation of Israel, educating them on the law of God. And then what happens after that great Mount Sinai experience? They go into the wilderness and God feeds them bread, manna from heaven in the wilderness. That same pattern you see here in these miracles and how, and how Mark arranges them. This woman is let free or released from her Pharaoh, from her grip of Satan. This man is able to hear the word of God, just like Moses and the nation of Israel heard the word of God at Mount Sinai. This man speaks the word of God, just like Moses spoke the word of God. And then these people are fed in the wilderness. Look how Mark explicitly points this out in verse four. Look at chapter eight, verse four. Whenever they see the multitude of the people are hungry, In verse 4, it says his disciples answered Jesus saying, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Now, Mark writes this and he knows that you are so educated that you're thinking about the, the wilderness of the Exodus experience. He knows that you remember the manna from heaven. He knows that you, ha- you have a, a good biblical education. And that's what Mark is doing here. He's echoing that wilderness experience in the past. So I think it's very reasonable to see 
this development of miracles that begins with releasing the grip of Satan upon this woman, the hearing of God's word, the speaking of God's word, and the feeding of the multitude. It follows the pattern of the Exodus, and also it's a contrast even to the fall of man. So this is a redemptive theme as well. What, what you can learn from this, just the flow of this passage, is the growth and the desire of God's kingdom. Notice this, it begins by loosening Satan's grip. This string of miracles that, that Mark sandwiches together here, it begins with loosening Satan's grip on this girl. And then Mark say, look, once Satan's grip is loose, people can hear, people can speak, and then God feeds the people. And they're attracted to Jesus Christ. Why is this so important? Because this is what happens later in the book of Acts. In Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus breaks Satan's grip over creation. Death no longer reigns. Sin no longer reigns. People are opening their ears to hear the Word of God in the book of Acts. People are speaking the Word of God. It's, it is it's going throughout the Roman Empire in the book of Acts. And humanity is being fed the bread of life, the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the book of Acts. That's why Jesus here is embodying what the apostles will eventually do. Also, you can apply it this way on a very practical level. When you look at the news, when you see what's going on in our country, you can make a very winsome case that a lot of people are demon-possessed. That the rulers of our country, a lot of them are completely spiritually insane. And I mean, think about what they're doing in certain places of the country and how, how bad it is, how violent it is. It's, it's got to be Satan's grip on people. Satan's grip in causing people to be so violent, encouraging them to do stuff to kids that you would never think is, is reasonable, is totally barbaric. Satan has a grip on certain areas of this country in a very severe way with certain people. Well, we can expect one day that that grip will be let loose. We can expect one day that Jesus is going to break again the grip that Satan has in certain areas. And when that happens, what's going to happen is going to be a, a flow of new hearing. People's ears are going to be open to the Word of God. People will be speaking the Word of God, and then God will feed the country more spiritual fruit, spiritual food, and they'll grow. This is a, a process, this development, this pattern is what you can learn from this passage of Scripture and have hope for the near future. We can pray that God will continue to uh, get Satan out of high places, cast him down, and open the minds of people, just like this woman here does at the start. So I've, my first point today was talk about the development. Let's look at the details of these passages, a, a few details. The first healing here is this woman who comes asking Jesus for healing to, uh, to get the demon out of her daughter because she is gripped by the devil. And Jesus makes this very awkward response and he says, well, we think it's awkward to him. It's not bad at all, but he's teaching her something. 
he says, the little children, let them be filled first. Speaking about Jews. For it's not good, Jesus says, to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. He's actually referring to her as a dog. And what Jesus is doing here, he's actually testing her humility. How humble will she be? Will she humble herself? Well, she does. She humbles herself all the way down to the level of a little dog and says, yes, I'm a little dog. But even little dogs can eat crumbs from the children's table. She is more humble than any Jewish person in the land of Israel. And that's why Jesus immediately rewards her faith, saying, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Think about this and how this makes you think about demon possession, Satan's grip on people. If people want to be set free from Satan, if people want to, God to come in and loosen Satan's grip, what do they need? They need humility. You cannot loosen Satan's grip unless God comes in and does something about it. And you have total dependence upon the Lord saying, Lord, I need your hand to come in here, Lord. Lord, I'm a dog. Just throw me a crumb. Help me. That's the type of perspective and mentality that it takes for God to come in and say, I will come in here and rescue from that Pharaoh, from that Satan, from that demon. And that's the type of prayer we can have for leaders who are in charge, like mayors in various towns where there's a lot of crime, where there's totality of evil. And we can pray for humility for our political leaders so that Satan's grip upon them will be let loose. And they'll have a desire to hear God's word and make righteous laws and stand against evil. That's what's happening here. There's this correspondence with Jesus's power being given to this lady who is so humble and just dependent upon the Lord. Then we move in to to see what I would call the inevitable growth of the kingdom. Notice that first of all, when this woman comes, Mark tells you in verse 24 that he didn't want anybody to know about it going into this house. Well, she, he could not hide himself. He went in there and she found him. Well, later when Jesus heals the, the, the uh, deaf, mute man, he tells him to be quiet. Don't say anything. But what happens? It spreads more and more and more. The kingdom is growing and the irony is this. Jesus says, be quiet. And Mark wants you to catch the irony, and that is that not even Jesus can stop the growth of the kingdom, so to speak, in this passage of Scripture. Because the world is hungry for it. The world is hungry for Jesus Christ and His gospel. This tells you, makes you think about some details of the healing of how this man was healed from his hearing or his his loss of hearing in his speech. Did you notice that Jesus does this. He takes his fingers and he puts them inside the man's ears. And then Jesus looks to heaven and says, be open. Now he says this while he's looking to heaven. Now there's two dimensions you can pick up on this. I'm going to suggest one's very clear. One I'm going to suggest to you. One is this, that yes, Jesus is praying for this man. Be open. 
He's praying for this man's ears. They're open and he, he heals the man of hearing. But what is he looking at when he says be open? He's looking at the firmament. Be open. I would suggest to you that this is a type of fulfillment from Isaiah chapter 64. When Isaiah prays, Lord, would you open the heavens and come down? Jesus, in a very symbolic way, is opening the heavens with his word. And the word of God is coming down into this man's ears. Yes, he's opening the ears, but also he's opening the firmament so that the, the, the word of God, the truth of God, the kingdom of God, the glory of God, is coming down to earth and it's spreading. Jesus removes barriers. He removes the firmament. He takes it out of the way. He brings it down. He's removing this deaf, this man's deaf ears, opening his ears, just like he's opening the heavens. And he's allowed, he's given the man the ability to speak. Notice the process here. You hear and then you speak. You've heard the word of God throughout your life. And God's given you a mouth so you can speak it to others. Hearing is an act of, of obedience. It's an act of listening. If you don't want to hear the Bible, you close your ears. You don't want to hear it. It's an act of disobedience. The mouth is for persuasion. It's for communication. This world needs people who hear the word of God and speak the heavens all the way down into the earth. Bring it with them. That's what you see here in this passage of Scripture. The inevitable growth of the kingdom. And now it's fulfilled with the hunger of the world. The multitude here is 4,000 people. Lastly, this passage. They only have seven loaves of bread to feed 4,000 people. They're in a type of wilderness. And what happened in the Exodus experience? The manna came down from heaven. Again, the heavens were opened. The manna comes down from heaven. Well, here, heaven is on earth because Jesus is there. Jesus told the heavens to open up. Well, he has arrived. He is here. And what does he do? He just multiplies the loaves of bread, feeds the people with the fish and the bread, and they have seven full baskets left over. In the other miracle, they had 12. Remember the, the feeding of the 5,000? There were 12 baskets left over. That's a symbol of Israel. The church is a new Israel. Here, this is a symbol of new creation. The nations will be renewed. Here, it's a fullness of what the nations are going to experience because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me leave you with some optimism. Even though we, we hear about crime, even though we have a lot of bad news in this country, a lot of distressing times, Jesus embodies here the growth of the kingdom. He starts with loosening the grip of Satan upon a girl's life. He gives a man the ability to hear and speak. And he feeds the nations, the multitudes from this Gentile region. This is the prognosis. This is what's going to happen throughout creation, throughout history, until Jesus Christ comes back. Uh, in the book of Revelation, at the very last chapter, 
The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. This is why it's important to go to church for the rest of your life, wherever you go, in college or trade school or move away. You need the healing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need His food. You need Him, heaven on earth, to come down to this chaotic world and say, here is the bread of life. Jesus looks at the heavens every Sunday, I would suggest to you, and say, be open. Come down. Feed my people. That's what happens here whenever we hear the, the Scripture. Because we hear the news all the time. We hear what's going on. We need to have a day like today where we feed ourselves the Word of God and enjoy the presence of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is truly with us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your strength, for your counsel, and for your word. We give you thanks, Lord, that you've opened the heavens, you come down, and you've opened our ears, you've opened our mouths. And Lord, you feed our souls the word of God, that we may be strengthened in this fallen world. We give you thanks that you've taken away the sting of death, And that you strengthen us even more and more, Lord, to exemplify the character and the righteousness of Christ in our life. Give us wisdom, Lord, with our actions, with our words, as we share the gospel with others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.